The Mac Observer's Mac Geek Gab number 427 for Sunday, December 9th, 2012. Greetings, folks, and welcome to the Mac Observer's Mac Geek Gab, the show where Usually you send in your questions. Usually we answer those questions. Usually you send in your tips. Usually we share those tips. And tonight we do a lot of cool stuff found, which hopefully means we all learn a lot of something new about uh, about, well, just about everything uh, that we can come here to learn here in Durham, New New Hampshire and cold. I'm Dave Hamilton. (laughs) I thought you were going to say you were somewhere else. But anyways, yes. Here in fearful Connecticut, and it's a, it's a bit chilly, but raining, not snowing. Uh, yeah, I'm John F. Brown. It's nice to talk to you, John. So yeah, I um I you I were was off the grid, yo. I was off the grid up until about uh, eight a.m. Eastern this morning. So you know about eleven hours, uh, thirteen hours ago. I uh, yeah, I woke up on a cruise ship, specifically the allure of the seas, ending our family vacation for the past week, and then we. Uh, we went through the whole process of getting off the ship and which is really not, not that big of a deal. And then flying home and getting home. And I came home to, uh, to some fun little surprises as one is often uh, going to do when they come home from vacation, though mine had really nothing to do with coming home from vacation, but we'll talk about that in a minute. First, let's just get right into things with some cool stuff found. What do you think, John? Okay. And we have many for our listeners and, and some, I think from, me and you, Dave. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. So I'll toss one in every, uh, when it seems appropriate, I'll, right. I'll surprise you, I think. Sounds good. All right. Um, well, let's start with Bradley and then why don't we throw in one of yours, John? So Bradley sent in uh, a cool new iPad stand uh, that he found on Kickstarter called the Slope. And uh, and this is actually a, a pretty cool thing. It, it actually, it, it makes your iPad look like one of the new iMacs. It's that type of stand. It's a $55 uh, thing for the mini and 59 for the regular size iPad. But, uh, but you know, cool stuff. And that's, uh, that's a nice one. So thanks, Bradley. What do you got, John? What do I have? I have something that has been updated. And I think, uh, uh, so my theme is probably going to be things that can help you as a Mac geek app listener, figure out what, what what is your Mac doing? A lot of times, it, you know, Realism doesn't tell you. But so the first tool here, and they just updated this, and that's why I want to mention it, is Hardware Growler. Oh, uh, well, just that, came that's up with the- a new update. Uh, they rewrote it from scratch. It reports uh, a, a lot of. Uh, so one thing it does now is it lets you. Uh, choose which alerts you would like. So do you want network stuff? Do you want USB, Firewire, whatever ports? It lets you uh, tune it uh, for things that are important to you. Um, Sports IP version 6, which is kind of fun. So now when I see uh, alerts about network activity, it also lists the IPv6 address. Because I guess that's coming at some point, right, Dave? <laughs> For a lot of us. I think your yeah. provider, I think they support it on the back end, though I don't know if you're using it on your network. I haven't really turned it on, and I don't think I need to. Um, you know, add support for USB Ethernet adapters. Uh, oh, cool. 
No, they really did a... We, we've got a question. In fact, I'll, I'll use this as the opportunity to say hello to everyone that's joining us, not only uh, here on the uh, recorded version of this, but those of you that have joined us in the chat room at MacGeekGab.com slash stream. And uh, and MLV in the chat room asks if it works with OS uh, 10's notification center. And uh, one of the things in the latest version, it says it adds support for notification center when growl is not present on 10.8. So I would say, yes, that's great. Yeah. So they, um, it, it, it's, it's amazing what you can see with something like this. Now it could be a bit intrusive, you know, when you're unplugging and plugging drives or the network though, you know, actually, no, I'll take that back is when you see something happening with hardware growler, it's probably something that you want to know about. Cool. That happened properly, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you're not always, you know, hooking and unhooking from your network and stuff. So, uh, sorry, I'm dropping things all over the place here. No, I agree. Yeah. Well, and I think it's a, a, a cost a bit of money, and I paid it a dollar ninety nine, but I think it's well worth it to to help you diagnose your Mac hardware ills. Cool. Uh, all right, moving to David, not me, but uh, listener David suggests CoBook. He says this is an extension. For the Apple address book slash contacts app, uh, whatever they're calling it now, at cobookapp.com, it's free from the App Store uh, as well. And it adds lots of functionality to the address book. Very, very, uh, very cool thing to check out. It, um, it, it really does. It just kind of increases. It's, a, it's available for uh, iPhone and for Mac. And I believe is, is it free for both? It is free for both. So cobookapp.com is not a bad place to start there. So uh, did you check this one out during the? Uh, no, no. Okay. So Sorry. it's, it's got some new searching. You can uh, have favorites uh, listed at the top all of the time, which is cool. Uh, you can get far more details about your uh, contacts, including Seeing their latest tweets, you can, you know, it, it will go and find them, find their Twitter accounts and and just show more detail about that. Uh, you can edit things a whole lot faster. It will show you their local time wherever they are, which is cool. Uh, allows you to have um, tags and and uh, and and that sort of thing. So. It's good stuff, man. Cobook. I like stuff like this. This is what we do cool stuff found for. Don't you think, John? <laughs> it's our whole goal to uh, separate you from your, uh, your, your uh, cash. Yeah, well, this one's free, though. We like free. All right. That's John F. Braun there. So, yeah, so I am I'm cold here. So you got to bear with me here, John and, and, and everyone. I um, as I said, I got home from vacation today and. I came one of the first things I did, I actually came to the house and turned up the heat and turned on the water, you know, for the, 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 the you know, the toilets and all that stuff over in the house. Cause we turn that stuff off and we're gone. And, uh, and then I came over to the office to turn up the heat so that I'd be, uh, you know, semi ready to go for the, for the show. And we only got home at seven o'clock. So, uh, so, you know, John and I met here about eight 30. So, you know, I knew I had to get here and I heard the furnace short cycling here in the office. I'm like, Oh, that's bad. So I went down and looked and there's just water all over the floor and the uh, underneath the furnace here or the boiler, rather, I should say the uh, the oil burner or the propane burner here in the office building. And uh, 
And so the I guess it's the the pressure reducer slash regulator for the cold water feed that comes into the system uh, just was leaking all over the place and had leaked all the water out of the system. And the reason it was short cycling was because we have a low water shutoff, which is good because it keeps the boiler from turning into you know, a bomb. So that's a good thing, (laughs) you know? Uh, So, so at least the office was still here when, uh, when I got home, but, but based on the temperature of the rooms and stuff, I have to assume that this happened only earlier today and it would have happened today, whether we were home or Hmm. not, it, you know, it didn't really matter much, but, uh, but you know, it's just one of those things to come home from vacation too. So at the moment I have no heat in the, uh, in the studio here. So. I, th- I think you need a uh, home uh, video monitoring <laughs> system. Yeah. Well, you know. So I'm anyway. you about this stuff. So right. it's keeping me awake in here, here in the studio. That's for, that's for darn sure. Um, you got, yeah, should we, uh, let's do Sean here. Sean's got a good one. Sean found uh, something called extra finder from trankynam.com, which of course we will put in the show notes tabbed finder with loads of other neat features. So yeah, it does. You can check out the uh, screenshots if you visit trankynam.com. Uh, but again, it's in the, uh, it's in the show notes, but uh, it uh, has, uh, you can have folders arranged differently. It, it allows, uh, you know, um, it allows different sortings uh, for but kind of customized sortings in your finder listings. And uh, and it allows you to have tabs, which is a handy thing in the finder. It allows cut and paste, but uh, the regular finder does that, too. It's got different, more colorful icons in the sidebar. So uh, extra finder is what it's called. And it's worth checking out. It was released. Uh, actually, a new version was released this week. So wow. we love that. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I'd have to say for, for um, more heavy duty, this looks to be a good a uh, good start to uh, fixing some of the problems with the finder. Yep. But I got to say, Dave, I'm a fan of total finder. Yeah. It doesn't cost a lot. It does cost money. Now I think it was free at one point or when they were in beta. And right now it costs a, a couple of bucks. I, yep. I don't know exactly how much, but total finder. And you know, the key feature though, and I may want to check out this uh, extra finder because the key feature to me, Dave, because I, I know for, for the longest time you went on about, <laughs> <laughs> I know where you're going with this. John. I chat with tabs. That's but, right. <laughs> but then I thought, you know, uh, riding on your wisdom there, why not find her with tabs? That's and until right. Very recently or without third parties, you still can't really do it. So total finder uh, adds a lot of other, uh, uh, very nice, uh, enhancements and it's active. Uh, here it is 18 bucks. So oh, that's not bad. Check out total finder as well. It, it does, a uh, yeah, if you want more than Extra Finder, Extra Finder is cool. But uh, if you want more, check out Total Finder. And we've got some uh, folks in the chat room. Raptor is saying he uses and prefers Pathfinder, which is yet another Finder oh. replacement. Um, so there's uh, from Cocotech. So all good stuff. We, I love this. This is what I love about uh, Cool Stuff Found Shows. Is, well, it, it it's the only kind of show we could have done tonight. But, given that I was offline all last week and had no ability to prep. So it was either that or stump the geek. So we, uh, I, I guess we went with cool stuff found cause I hadn't thought uh-huh. about stump the geek until well, just now. So no, you don't want that. I love stump the geeks though. <laughs> okay. That's good. I'm hoping that we can make that work at Macworld Expo. Oh, right. That's still a, 
up in the air. It is up in the air. Okay. Yeah, they had done something geeks. Let Macworld know. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's actually, um, that's true. I, I'm not sure if they put any call for, uh, podcasters out this week. Cause I really honestly am, uh, you know, like I said, I've been back online for 13 hours, but not really mm. digging in. So I have no idea. They, I know they're thinking about it, uh, and they may have opened that up this week. So, yeah, I haven't heard anything. You haven't. Okay. Then probably not. Um, you might have said otherwise I'm sure MacObserver.com or other publications would have. Yeah. You might've even seen it on Twitter, Maybe but anyway, news. Oh, the yeah. Twitters. Yeah. Yeah. So how was it being disconnected for a week? Really? Yeah. I didn't see you anywhere. No Facebook, no Twitters, no uh, email, no nothing. Yeah. No, I, I was totally hundred percent offline. I'm yeah. sure you were checking something or no, 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 no I did. How, see- how would one reach you? Did you have your phone? No, my phone was turned off all week. There, there is, there is. <laughs> How a, would one reach you in an emergency? Well, they are, they call the uh, boat. You can call the ship. Yeah, exactly. And and there is a way of doing that. It's actually not that difficult. It it just costs about eight bucks a minute. But um, <laughs> you oh, know, like satellite or something. Yeah, yeah, so yeah some exactly. weird stuff. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, I was hundred percent offline. In fact, at one point, I went to the guest services desk, and they had like a little news ticker on the screens behind them, and I saw something about. Uh, was it a, a Star Trek trailer that hit the web this week? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that that's that's the extent. Now, you know, all the news that I found out while I was going this week. <laughs> that's it. I don't know anything else. Yeah, they put out a uh, not even a, a, a teaser. I think they even called it less than that. But yeah, okay. basically the next. Uh, yeah, the next Star Trek. And I guess the, the big fish shake from people is, oh, it's another evil guy taking revenge on the Earth. It's like, but. When you think about it, what, what, what other plot line could you have for Star Trek, right? Uh, yeah. Least, you know, feature movie. I mean, it's got to be some somebody who's really upset about something and wants to take it out on Earth and the Federation, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> what I guess other so. plot could you have? <laughs> uh, you know, um, one thing that I did play with while I was away, uh, I had gotten a box of of toys from JBL Harmon, uh, uh, right. Harmon garden fun. Yeah. And so actually there were three things in there. Um, and we wound up bringing all three of them with us and using them. So one was a set of headphones called the Harmon BTs. Uh, these are really comfortable over the ear headphones. Um, I will, uh, I will try and find them. Online BT being Bluetooth. Exactly. So they can be used Ah. Bluetooth or not, right? They, um, that you can, you can plug them in. There's a removable cord that plugs into that. You can plug just directly into your iPod or whatever you want, but they also work Bluetooth and they've got a little microphone in them. So when you're using it, Bluetooth, you can actually use it as a telephone headset too. the sound on these things. It is, um, I, 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 I think the best word to use to describe the sound is articulate. It really full, good, low end. But, but there's a, something special they did with like the high mids on these things that just make it, like I said, very articulate, very clear, uh, not overly harsh or anything. Uh, actually, it's a very good sound, but uh, but very, very nice. Excellent, excellent audio signature on these things. Really comfortable. And they sealed really well. We tried them out on the airplane, my son and I. 
and uh, good isolation, really good isolation. And uh, the only thing I would com- complain about with these, I, and they're not cheap. They're, I mean, they're, they're actually right in what you would expect. I think they're in the two forty nine range. Um, I don't have it right in front of me and I can't find it on their website, but, um, but yeah, they're, they're um, the, the only complaint I would have is that when you have the headphone plugged in uh, to the cable, there's a lot of microphonics that come through the uh, cable. And by microphonics, what I mean is if you touch the cable, you hear that noise in the earphones. It's not isolated uh, like some, you know, some things are now, maybe that's impossible to do or very difficult to do when you have a jack on the earphone in order to, you know, plug or remove the cable from, and perhaps that's why the microphonics are there. And of course, if it's built to be used Bluetooth, well, then that's what you're going to do. But on an airplane, you're not supposed to use Bluetooth. So, uh, and the other reason we didn't use Bluetooth, certainly on the way home was that, um, we didn't have the charger with us and it was, it's a non-standard, you know, custom charger for this thing. So you either have it with you and you can use it or you don't. But, uh, but so that's, that's, that's in certainly one thing that I would put in the cool stuff found category. I like them. Good stuff. So the Harman BTs and they look cool. I think they look cool. So that's what you think it is. Well, that's why I throw it into the mix here. So (laughs) it was cool. We'll talk about a couple of the other things later, but, uh, but that's one of them. Mm-hmm. You got anything to throw in, John, before we go to uh, Brad here on the list? Throw in. Yes, I'm going to throw in something here. All right, go. So it is a product that I had uh, in the past reviewed, but actually, uh, and they gave me one for promotional consideration. But I liked it so much, I bought a bigger one, Dave. Now, wait a minute. They gave it to you for promotional consideration or just to, for you to check out for review? Yeah, and I did, but then okay. I bought another wait, wait, wait. one. That yeah, I'm just trying to figure out if they gave it to you and you agreed to do something, or if they just gave it to you as a review unit, which is what I think happened. Yes. So it's not promotional consideration. I guess not. Okay, I just wanted to make I wanted to make that clear to our listeners because I didn't want them to think you were being paid off to talk about something. So there you go. Right. Right. Okay. What I should have said is they gave it to me and said, "Hey, you know, review it if you like." There you go. That's what happened. So the device is, Dave, the Lexar Echo MX USB backup flash drive. So I had reviewed a 16 gigabyte unit, but then that wasn't serving all my needs because the nice thing about this, so number one, it's a nice flash drive. It has a e-ink display and it shows capacity of the drive, which is kind of interesting. Not a deal breaker. Um, it's, it's fairly fast as far as the throughput of a USB or flash drives. And this is something you may want to think about when you look at any flash drive is that the throughput of these things, because they're using a certain type of memory, I don't, I'd be surprised if you see something, you know, if you get something in the tens of megabytes per second, that's pretty good. There are certainly many of these drives that, that operate way below that. But this one in both categories operates at 10 gigabytes or I'm sorry, megabytes per second or uh, or more. But it also comes with backup software. And the thing is that the, the reason I bought a new one, Dave, is because I was running out of space. And this one is 128 gigabytes. And, and the current pricing I see is about 100 bucks. So to me, it was like, okay, 128 gigs in my pocket for 100 bucks. Okay. <laughs> and it's a backup drive. So, and you can do backups on multiple machines of certain important documents. So to me, it's just a really good gadget. And I 
think a good gift for, and it works on both PC and Mac. That's the other thing I use it between uh, environments. So yeah, that's a heck of a stocking stuffer right there. Yeah, but it's, <laughs> well, it doesn't stuff much of it. No, <laughs> but 128 gigs. That's a, you know, I, 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 I don't know if any, many of us could imagine that in your pocket, you know, 10 years ago, it's like, really? <laughs> Yeah, I was surprised that they actually had this one. And it looks like with a lot of things, the cost came down because I, I, I recall that it was a bit more than a hundred bucks uh, a while ago for 128 gigs flash drive, but it looks like they're coming down. So cool. All right. I will. Uh, and this, of course, makes it easy. Uh, we'll talk about our first sponsor here. But what we're talking about is Smile Software's disc label. Uh, so certainly something that falls into the cool stuff found category, uh, something we found before and happily talked about before. Great to think about this time of year if you're putting a gift package together for someone and that gift includes a CD or DVD. In fact, you know, I just came from this cruise. We've got some little videos that we took on our phones or whatever, and then pictures that we took either on cameras of our own or uh, from the cruise line because they sell you pictures at you know exorbitant rates of course and uh and then you buy them and you can make a dvd of course full of not just pictures but movies and stitch it all together and then you know you do that with your mac with idvd or whatever it is you want to use to make this kind of montage and now you've got this dvd that you can give out to your uh perhaps the, the people that you cruised with or, you know, in, in my case, or, or as a gift at, at Christmas time, if you got maybe stuff that you've put together all year and you want to give it uh, to the kids, grandparents or, or whomever you want the DVD itself to look cool. And that's where disc label comes in. It lets you create customized sticky labels that you put right on the DVD. You can also create jewel case inserts or CD case inserts and, uh, and you can they have all sorts of templates, but of course, you can fill those templates with your own artwork, your own track listings, your own whatever you want to do. So check it out. It's disc label uh, from smilesoftware.com. Of course, there's a free trial that you can play with and see if it's going to work for you. It's thirty six bucks, thirty five ninety five if you want to just buy it outright. But uh, but you can certainly play with the trial first uh, to decide that it is worth uh, going out and getting for you. Makes it super easy. I've uh, I've done stuff with disc label. You know, I've done it with bands that I'm in. You know, if we want to give out promo CDs to clubs or whatever, you can make those CDs look really, really good and really pro uh, just by using this simple little piece of software that Smile has put out. So disc label. And I say it's a simple little piece of software. It's simple to use. I'm sure it wasn't simple to develop uh, as all good things are. So uh, so check it out. Smilesoftware.com slash disc label and of course it'll be in the show notes as well all right uh what do we have next you know um let's hear from brad brad has uh brad has this to say really yeah hey john and dave brad from west michigan hey i found something that i think is kind of cool um you know i think it's been out for a while so i apologize if this is old news but it seems the older I get, the uh, longer it takes for me to find the new stuff. I don't really understand why that is, but that's just how things seem to go. Maybe it's the eyes going. But anyways, um, 
It's uh, Seagate makes a product called the GoFlex, and it's basically a your normal everyday external hard drive. Um, but what this one offers that's kind of unique is the ability to swap out the interface for the drive. Uh, so basically, I think they call it USM, like Universal Something or Other Module. Um, anyways, you take the drive ships with USB 3, and if you want to at a later time, you can change the drive to Thunderbolt, you can change the drive to FireWire 800. The, you know, that's obviously kind of cool, but, you know, the, the downside is the Thunderbolt module costs literally the same as the drive itself. So you got a hundred bucks about roughly into the drive. You can usually find them for about 80 or 85 for one terabyte. You've got another 90 to a hundred bucks for the Thunderbolt um, connection. And then I think on top of that, you have another, what, 50 for a Thunderbolt cable. Um, the FireWire module though is pretty reasonable i think on amazon they have it for about 23 bucks hmm. i really like the drive i have not changed out the interface but as far as the drive goes it's extremely quiet uh and very well made very compact i actually bought one that was noted as being the mac version um obviously with external hard drives they pretty much are universal but I believe they call this one the Mac version for a couple reasons. Uh, number one, Seagate puts its own software on the drive for backing up and whatnot. And that is a, a Mac version of the software. Plus, it seems that the Mac version drive is got aesthetically a little more pleasing. I think they like, I think they try to make it match like the finish on a Mac Mini or a MacBook Air, MacBook Pro and stuff too. So. It comes with um, the USB cable. Like I said, it's 3.0. It's extremely fast, too. I was really impressed with the speeds. And uh, I just really like it. And I think it's really cool. And I thought I'd pass it along. All right, thanks, guys. Take care. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks, Brad. Yeah, I had the chance to check out those GoFlex drives from Seagate, uh, I don't know, six or eight months ago. And I like it. It's it's a It's a good concept. Uh, Thunderbolt obviously is going to be expensive because of all the guts that have to go into them. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it is cool to, to be able to kind of move interfaces and they've got all different kinds of options with the GoFlex stuff. So you can, you know, as far as the drives are concerned, you can kind of get what you want and mix and match. So yeah, definitely cool. I'm, I'm glad you sent that in Brad. Well, I think it's nice because Apple, you know, after a little, uh, consideration embraced a USB three. That's right. So, uh, because I think comparing that to uh, Thunderbolt, I think USB three, you're probably always going to get the lower cost interface option and that you don't have to buy a silly converter or cable right. or something. Right. And you get speed that's uh, up there though. Though I think Thunderbolt in the end potentially is the fastest, but yeah. Yeah. But it depends again, depending on the guts inside and how they're getting mm -hmm. from Thunderbolt to the drive interface. Yep. All right, uh, a quick one here. Moom. That's right. M-O-O-M -O -O from ManyTricks.com. Now, ManyTricks, half of ManyTricks is Rob Griffiths, who is the uh, former founder and former writer and editor and chief everything over at Mac OS X Hints. He's not involved with that site anymore, uh, but uh, but he that's who he is. And Moom is a really cool thing 
that allows you to customize and quickly set how Windows Zoom on your Mac. And the best way to take a look at it is to go visit uh, manytricks.com. But when you float, once you've got Moom installed, when you float over the, uh, you know, you get the, the red, yellow, green lights. When you float over the green one, uh, you get some options and you can either have it zoom to full screen. You can have it zoom to half on the left, half on the right, half on the top, half on the bottom. And you can customize what those are. So it get it gets really easy to kind of move things around, especially, you know, if you've got a 27 inch iMac, chances are you don't want something to zoom full screen. That's probably the least frequent option you're going to choose. But you do want things to say snap over to the right or snap to the left or snap to the top so that you've got six or eight windows or maybe just four windows or whatever going. Moom can help make that uh make that work. So, uh, so go check it out. It's 10 bucks, but of course you can download a free trial. So that's, uh, that's the quick one I'm throwing in today. Moom. Bless you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, you got one for us, John, or, or should I go hit another quick one here? Uh, well, I think I got one from Howard here. Yes. Yeah, go to that one. Okay. So Howard wrote in, and this is great because I want to add to this. So Howard wrote in and said, um, Oh, by the way, if you've if you've never discussed VirtualBox on the show, and I I, I think we've touched on it, at least yeah. I have. Yeah, it might be a good topic. I use it to run both Ubuntu, 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 and Windows Seven sixty four bit premium on my MacBook Pro. Works great, easy to install and use. Perfect for the Windows user who has just made the Mac leap. And I agree with that. And actually, so um, my new uh nine to five gig. I am working in an environment that uses uh, that develops software that works with hardware, but the software is primarily developed under uh, Visual Studio and Windows. Mm. And when I first got there, they had a machine that was, uh, shall we say, underpowered. I'm not going to embarrass them, but it was underpowered. And I'm like, no, I need a new machine because my strategy is once I get a new machine. And so I got a nice uh, Dell uh, uh, Latitude, I think. Really sweet machine. Actually, i5 or, yeah, it's an i5, so it's kind of like a two or four core, eight gig uh, of RAM and a lot of hard drive. Because my plan was to use, and I'm using right now actively, uh, VirtualBox. So VirtualBox is something that eventually got bought up by Oracle, I think. Go That's that right. Out. Yep. <clears throat> but basically, it is a uh, virtual machine similar to other commercial products like Parallels or... Uh, VMware, but it's free. Um, and I think it has its limits, but for, for what I do, it's cool in that I need to test software on multiple versions of Windows. So what I do is basically create a virtual machine, get the OS disks, install them, uh, you know, take up maybe 10 to 20 gigs, you know, for a minimal installation. And then I have, I can literally go between them, but they also can interface with the host operating system. So if you need to share peripherals, or even uh, file systems. It lets you do that. So it's a great start. Uh, Parallels and, and VMware, I think, are good if you if you require uh, increased performance, like gaming and stuff like that, or just uh, more features, but but a basic tool. I mean, dude, <laughs> yeah, you can't beat it. And I found it's very good. In the past, it was kind of weird, and, and a lot of the work that I do is with USB peripherals, but it seems that they've improved that. Because a lot of times when you're in their environment, you can look at USB devices and then uh, select them uh, 
one by one, whether you want the virtual environment to see them. And I think that's, and, and also they put in a lot of other, I think USB support, because that's a lot of what I do also is like, oh, I can't run it on this version of the OS. Well, can I run it on the older one? And it sees it. So it's just really cool. But if nothing else, I mean, it's just, it, it's just such a cool geeky thing to be able to run one OS within another and you get almost, uh, uh, if not better, uh, performance. Yeah, cool. Good stuff. Yeah, I agree. VirtualBox is a great way to get started with the whole virtualization thing. If you're going to do it a lot, I think you'll probably find that you need more. And then, like you said, Parallels or, or VMware, uh, depending on what you want. I think Parallels is probably the uh, the one that, you know, um, I'm going to take towards an, them because I got a uh, poll. Yeah. I, yeah. I, well, yeah. If I if I did an informal poll, I think I'd find that parallels is probably the one that most people gravitate towards. It's certainly the one um, for performance that people seem to gravitate towards for, you know, for like you said, for gaming and that sort of thing. But uh, but I don't think you're going to go wrong with with VMware either. So if that's what you've got, you know, it's good to do. <laughs> All right. Uh, another one, uh, uh, who was it? Uh, Lennon Kelvin in the chat room suggested, uh, a range from trifle apps as yet another window arrange zooming type of thing. And we will put that in the show notes too. That one's uh six to buy and you can see how that one works in the, uh, when you visit the webpage, you've got. It, it works a little differently. It doesn't it doesn't work from the zoom button. It works with keyboard shortcuts. Uh, but uh, and I think you can also it looks like you can do stuff with uh, with the mouse uh, as well. You can draw where you want the window to be and it will put it there. So uh, very good. Very, very good. Arrange. So that's another one. All right. Uh, let's go to Andy here. Andy has uh, has one. The name is surprising, but Andy says, uh, here is an app that I've been looking for for years called Briss. No, it's not what you think. Uh, it's free. And uh, when you have something that was scanned or copied from a book, often it has both the left and right pages from the book on a single landscape page in the scan. Uh, this doesn't translate well to iPad reading. It's also annoying if you want to be able to make a lot of annotations. Briss solves this easily. It lets you draw rectangles to crop out the sections of the page that you want, including multiple sections on each page, if you like, and puts them all in the right order in a PDF. It's a bit geeky. It's a jar file and obviously requires Java on your Mac, but it works great. It even shows you all of the pages of the document superimposed over each other so that you can see the furthest extent you need to include in your crop. Of course, there's a joke in the name, too, which is only why uh, which only people with some knowledge of Yiddish will get. Uh, and we'll we'll leave it at that. Thank you, Andy. Um, but uh, but yeah, definitely cool to uh, to check out. And what a what a great idea. So thanks, Andy. Good stuff. Got anything, John, or am I going on to Howard here? Uh, let me see here. I think I may have. Uh, so we did uh, the growler. Let me see that. Hmm. All right. Well, I'll go to Howard while you're while you're looking. He says uh, in episode 417, I heard a listener's tip for sharing bookmarks among different browsers using Bookmaster. 
I haven't tried that utility, but I have been using Xmarks for several years. As you probably know, Xmarks is an add-in for Chrome, Firefox, and Safari, and even IE that keeps all of your bookmarks in a central repository on their servers and synchronizes the bookmarks among the browser you use on all of your machines. It works on OS X, Linux, and Windows. I have found it reliable and fast. I think there's a free version of the service, but I paid some small annual fee to support them. And uh, and it's funny because he said, fire up the boiler, Dave. It's getting cold in his sign off there. If only he knew the sh- if only he could have predicted the show in which we would have been including this. <laughs> it's uh, anyway. So thanks, Howard. That's good stuff. So X marks. At X Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And he's right. There is a free version and then there's a premium version and I'm trying to figure out pricing from the premium version and it's not entirely clear, but it's coming to me now and it looks like uh, $12 a year is, is the price. So yeah. And I'm not sure exactly what you get with that. He said you get some extra okay. stuff. So go ahead. Quick one. Yeah, go. It's free, but it's, it's a tool that I think we all should have, especially if we're in the troubleshooting world of the Mac geek app. Mac tracker. Get it. www.mactracker.ca. If you're wondering what your Mac should be doing, (laughs) then this is the right tool or just to, to identify your Mac. A lot of times, a lot of the problems that, uh, that we hear about Dave, um, I think could benefit sometimes from more specific information about the uh, computer in question because it could be a different interface or RAM or a processor, whatever. So the back tracker is good for that because it's not always immediately obvious uh, exactly what model of Mac that you have. So this helps you zero in on that in that, well, Apple does have, I think official names, you know, you know, MacBook pro early 2007, stuff like that. But when you go into the, their utilities, it doesn't necessarily identify it as such maybe buried in there, but Mac tracker is good for that. And just uh, if nothing else, Dave, I think a little history because it goes back almost, I think back to the first Mac to tell you what hardware and processor they had. And, you know, some may be shocked at the, uh, you know, very, very uh, minimal uh, hardware resources that some of the first Macs uh, were actually using. We're, we're talking megahertz folks not gigahertz, megahertz. <laughs> it, it, that's actually one of my favorite things about Mac trackers. You know, I'll go in there to look up something and I'll invariably get lost dealing, you know, just diving in and being like, <laughs> oh, yeah. How does that compare? What was this? And then I'll remember something like, oh, yeah, my SE30. I think that we're in it, you know, whatever. And, and so anyway. I remember yeah. you. I still remember you had that. And you were like the cool kid on the block because everybody was like. Ooh, SE30. It has a slot. What are you going to put in the slot, man? <laughs> I did put something did in that slot. In what did you put in? There? I put a video card in that slot and hooked Ooh. up uh, an external. Because that was a monochrome inch. machine initially, yeah. right? Yeah. And so I had a dual monitor set up with my SE30. I put that video card in that I bought on. I think it was on the AOL classifieds. This was pre eBay and, you know, certainly pre Craigslist. Yeah, it was on the AOL classifieds (laughs) that I bought some used video card and I hooked it up to a 13 inch monitor. uh, One of the Apple, you know, the the original Apple color 13 inch monitors. And it was like, yeah, it was awesome. I love that machine. That was a great, 
the, the SE30 was a good machine because it because it was fast. You know, it it lasted. Well, a while. but they had the foresight to say, hey, maybe some hackers want to. Yeah. Uh, in the true sense of the word, hackers want to come up with something cool for this. What, what are you going to do with the slot? Kind of like the Apple II. And I think that's what drew both me and you to the Apple II, Dave, was slots. I guess. I mean, yeah, you had I had to see and stuff, but, but, yeah. but I, I did. Didn't you have a slotted apple or? No, I never had a slotted sh- apple. Oh, I, I have to shun you then. I wished I did. <laughs> you had a 2C. I did. Yeah. Yeah. When no, I met I, you, you ran the BBS on the 2C. I did. I ran Millaways on the 2C. That's right. Yeah. 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 Oh, I'll shun you now. Yes. That, well, no, it was, it was frustrating. It actually, it, because of that, I had to build my own hardware handshake uh, <laughs> modem cable <laughs> It was the only way I could get anything but a Popcom modem to work on that thing. Um, so, all right, this was in the days of of crazy serial cable wizardry. Oh yeah, dude, that was. Well, crazy. you want your modem to work with that computer? Well, especially the Apple, because that back then Apple made it difficult. They're like, oh, we're going to use this, you know, DIN plug with five pins, and well, that's yeah, right. getting a cable. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> yeah, and my Apple Two C for whatever reason, and I guess this was true of a lot of them uh send and receive were swapped on the on the on that port so that's why i had to build my own but then i then i went nuts and built the hardware handshaking into it but it was fun uh, you know it's whatever it was the, we were geeks we still are it's good stuff <laughs> i did something actually and then we'll move on but actually it worked the other day i was i was very happy well i was sad and happy so they got me a, uh, I asked for a gigabit, a uh, low cost gigabit switch, but then I needed to plug in a device that I didn't have an ethernet cable handy. I don't have them just lying around, but I had a crossover cable. The thing is I was able to plug Dave, the cable into the switch and then into the device I wanted to talk to. And the switch was smart enough to say, Oh, you're a crossover cable. I don't care. <laughs> I'm going to swap for you. Cool. That's what should happen. No, I bring that up because of the, the, the serial cable wizardry thing was a very annoying phase of, uh, of growing up in, uh, you know, the early <laughs> computer era. It's oh, like, yeah. oh, I don't have that pin going to that. Are you kidding me? That won't work because of that. Figure it out. Yeah. Go. Yeah. Well, that was why the Popcom modem worked. The X100 would, would figure it out. It, it would swap and, you know, do all its stuff. But I wanted faster than 1200 baud. So I, uh, that's why I had to build my own cable for my my u.s robotics courier 2400 and then you know they got faster and faster after that too obviously huh yes all right uh let's go to jürgen here jürgen has some wisdom i'm sure he says uh oh all right where are we here i need to find it because it's buried in this email here he had he had a problem. He says, uh, uh, I have 300 songs that need new covers and I can't figure out how to get the artwork in and iTunes won't bring it in. And then he found Cover Scout, uh, which is up to version three, I believe. And Cover Scout went out and found all of the uh, the the uh, the album artwork for all of his albums that were missing artwork. So uh, pretty simple stuff from Equinox software. 
So thanks, Jurgen. Cover Scout. Cool stuff. If you need your, your artwork, I'm trying to think what's the, uh, the cost is, is, why don't these people put the cost right on the front of their website? It's 29 bucks. I think 29.99 cover scout three full version for one Mac. If you want it on five Macs, add 10 bucks. You got anything or am I, uh, am I going to talk about something next? Well, actually, looking at the agenda, I'm really quite intrigued by what I think you're going to talk about if it involves uh, security. Yeah. So it's this thing called Lockatron, um, yeah. which I think was it was one of these crowdfunded things. I'm not sure if it was Kickstarter or, or you know, one of the other ones. But um, but yeah, Lockatron, it, it's it's. Um, I guess the first model of it sits over a deadbolt and it's got a uh, Wi-Fi circuit in it and you can control it from your iOS device and it will open or close the deadbolt as you, as you tell it to, and you can control it from anywhere, right? You don't just have to be in your home on your local Wi-Fi network. You can be anywhere. And so that makes it pretty cool. You can say, oh, I forgot to unlock the house or I forgot to lock the house. You can lock it or you can unlock it when you, uh, you know, if you, if your friend says I'm at the door and I need to be able to get in because I'm away or whatever, you just unlock the thing. And uh, it's not going to ship for a while. It's uh, it's going to ship in May because it's one of these, you know, pre-ordered Kickstarter kind of things. But, uh, but you know, there you go. So it's cool stuff. <laughs> Yeah, the non-parental rant here I'll have is that I'm looking at part of their site and it says it will send a notification when your child unlocks the door using their phone or key. What are you doing giving your kid (laughs) a phone or a key? Come on. (laughs) Come on, parents. What's going on here? But no, I got the concept. Oh, it's actually kind of cool. So, yeah, they they came up with a very nice way of monitoring a, a, a yeah. Something that you, you may want to know about. Yeah. Is somebody right. locking, unlocking, whatever. Maybe pricey, but hey. Yeah. Hey, you know, along the same lines, Mike Guyver, who longtime Mac Geek Cab listeners will remember, he was the one that built the first airplane adapter for the MacBook Pros when ah, they moved, right? Yes. When they moved to the 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 MagSafe thing. And uh, and I tested it on an airplane. And I remember it. It actually worked. It would charge not just power the MacBook Pro, but it charged it, which was a really big deal at the time. So uh, so Mike wrote me. I don't know. It was, it was maybe a couple of months ago, but it, it was the same sort of thing called the I remote control. Now, he was running this through Indiegogo and he did not get enough uh, to fund it. But it is worth checking out. He had uh, he had sort of prototyped a. uh a series of these things and he made it so that you could control same similar concept to, to what they're doing with Lockatron. But, uh, but he had it controlling his cars, doors and, and all sorts of cool stuff. So it's worth checking out the videos there tool too. Again, just in the, in the cool stuff found category, you can, you can go and check that out at uh, Indiegogo.com slash Mike Giver, which of course we will put in the show notes. Uh, and I think, I think he called it the I remote control, but, uh, 
but it's cool to check out the video that he put together kind of, you know, just prototyping and, and he actually built this thing. Obviously he needs to make it smaller and all that to, to make it functional. But, mm. uh, I do like the whole home control thing. Now, did, did you, uh, have you dabbled with the, uh, the nest? Dave? No, but I, you know, it's funny. I had started, um, you know, we have our, our Christmas lights out and I mean, we don't have them out right now cause we'd pulled them in while we were away. But you know, I like to put the big, the big inflatable lawn ornaments out and, uh, and we have some that are plugged into outlets that are at the house. So it's easy. I go to bed and I flip the lights off and, and the thing goes down, but I had one that was here uh, hooked up to the power in the office. And as I mentioned earlier in the show, the office is separate from the house, not just from heat, but, uh, but from electricity. So I had no way of controlling it. And one night I had to, you know, it was like, I don't know, whatever midnight. I'm like, Oh dang it. I left that thing on. So I had to, you know, put on shoes and go outside and it was cold. I thought this is silly. I have from like, it must've been seven years ago, all this smart (laughs) home stuff, right? Like I have that somewhere. So the next morning after I put the kids on the bus, I dug through the attic. I found this, these seven, eight year old smart home, maybe even nine year old smart home things. And I plugged them all in and I found a version of um, it was, it was new. They're, they're, they're still uh, keeping it up to date and I don't have it right in front of me. Um, is it Indigo? Um, is the software, I want to say Indigo, right? Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget. It's not Indigo. It's um, I'll find it. We'll uh, we'll we'll talk about it here. But yeah, but um, but I I found uh, this this software and it it works. And I I actually was able to get these nine year old adapters. One of the things plugs into my Mac via USB, and it plugs into power. So I did that for the iMac that's here in the office. And then uh, and then you any any outlet anywhere that's on the same, you know, power doesn't have to be the same circuit, but it has to be through the same switch box. And uh, and then I, you know, it's just a pass through outlet, but it turns it on or off. So I, you know, put this thing on one of the outlets and I plug the the stuff in and, uh, you know, I plug the Christmas lights in and I had to configure it or whatever with the software. But now I've got from my iPhone, I can tell essentially I tell my Mac to tell this device to turn off, but it's really, really smooth and simple and I can turn it on or off uh, as long as I'm on my, you know, home Wi-Fi network and that's all I need. So I don't have to go outside and nice. in the cold at night anymore to, uh, to do it. Yeah. It's cool. I like it. Yeah. 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 I'm trying to think of what this is. Uh, what it's All right. So in the here. meantime here, yeah, here, here was the issue that wanted that maybe want to punch somebody. Yeah. Go. <laughs> All of a sudden, I'm trying to run apps on my iPhone, and I get this alert. Like, I was trying to run Waze, which, by the way, here's another maybe cool thing. Waze, W-A-Z-E, is like the coolest uh, navigation app ever if you're driving a car, because it's a crowdsourced, uh, not only reporting things manually, which I still kind of question, though they added touch gestures and stuff, but still, just finding out what's happening around you on the roads. Uh, it's a great app because it allows people to both report things and it also monitors uh, people's movements. So you can say, okay, here's a traffic jam here. Maybe you want to go somewhere else. So it's really cool. But I started getting these alerts, Dave, saying, uh, and I have a screenshot right here in front of me. It said, connect to iTunes to use push notifications. Ways notifications may include both. And I'm like, huh? 
I'm like, uh, last I checked, I enabled notifications with Waze, and I looked, and indeed I did. And I looked, and I'm not the only one to run into this problem, Dave. So I think this is either, uh, I suspect it's a bug, a subtle bug in iOS 6. whatever. Yeah. But all of a sudden, multiple apps that I had on my iPhone, which worked splendidly before iOS 6 something, all of a sudden started reporting the same message. And again, it was baffling. It's like, connect to iTunes to use push notifications. I'm like, what? So I looked online, did the Google thing. The Google, the Google foo actually worked out pretty good because I was not the only person that had this problem, but the, the, the way to solve it is to do a restore on your iPhone, which uh, is actually kind of fun, if, uh, especially since you've upgraded. And Dave, this may be a little fish shake here, but uh, I don't know about you, but iTunes 11, I guess, is, is that what they call it these days? Yeah, the one that just came out right before I left. Yeah. 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 You know, I, I, <laughs> I actually got a lot of people agreeing with this. It, it's, like an, it, it's like a treasure hunt. It's an adventure oh. because things that you used to know how to find are now hidden. <laughs> Yeah, you got to turn that sidebar back on. Otherwise, you can't find anything. My only gripe now, it's more visually appealing. I think some of the screens like when I was restoring the. So eventually what it ended up, I, I had to do a restore operation on my phone. And even with iTunes 11, I could eventually figure it out. The only, I guess, the uh, mild fish shake I have with iTunes 11 is that, yeah, they, they just kind of scrambled and I got to still determine whether they did it with a rhyme or reason or they just did it just to change things. I'm sure they, you know think what they I'm saying? With rhyme or reason. Yeah, I didn't. Hawaii. Well, so, well yeah. I ain't most developers do. But still, the, the, the only thing that threw me is the first time I started it up. And I think the, the reason I started it up was to play back uh, the most recent Mackie Gab to do show notes. And I'm like, all right, wait a second. Before I had a sidebar that had podcasts. And it would list them and I could click on it and hear it. Where did you go? <laughs> yeah, you got to restore that. So I, so I was confused. And I, I think that's a bad thing. When you update software and all of a sudden somebody who used to know where they were are now lost, then you made a mistake. I guess so. But but that I, I think that is not Apple's mentality. Um, that because Apple. Well, no, is, I think it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. They shouldn't shock you with. <laughs> but they, but they do, know. and they're happy to completely throw away old paradigms and just move forward, right? I mean, they they've done. They did it with iMovie, right? But they warn me first. No, they don't care. <laughs> they don't care, and 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 no, and that's it's not necessarily a bad thing. There are examples of where it is bad. But as far as sort of a, a gestalt, I I commend Apple for it because they're not overly committed to nostalgia, right? I mean, they're just they're happy to move forward. Again, iTunes 11, I don't I didn't like it. You know, I I I only used it for a couple of days and then I left. But um, but I you know I found it frustrating and cumbersome and all of that stuff. But I accept that as the price of dealing with Apple stuff. And and occasionally they're going to do something where it's like, wow, this sucks. And maybe in in three weeks or three months, I'll say, yeah, actually, you know what? This is better. Um, or maybe I won't. Uh, and it's entirely possible with iTunes 11 that I won't feel that way. There are several people in the chat room that seem to love it. And and that's great. You know, that that tells me they did something right here. And I don't mean to apologize for them. Like I said, I might hate this, but it is the way they work. I and, hate it. 
and they don't, they don't care if, uh, that they're, they, you know, they don't have these, these, uh, emotional ties to the past. So I don't know. I, I, and in a, in a general sense, I think that's a good thing. All right. We've got a a little bit of time left here. So let's, let's see if we can Mm -hmm. do a couple of quick ones. Um, yeah, and 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 it was Indigo. Just to to wrap up for now, the home automation thing. We're going to circle back on that because obviously I'm going to play with some of that more. And and there's there's all sorts of new hardware that it's obviously well worth checking out. Things things have changed in the last nine years. You might you might be surprised to find out. So uh, so we're going to check that out. But it was Indigo from um, from Perceptive Automation uh, that uh, that was the software that I used. And like I said, it works with this old stuff, which is really cool. Anyway, um, one cool thing that I have been using since it came in a couple of weeks ago from Polani, he says, uh, I found an extension for Safari, uh, which opens called better source, which opens the source of the web page in a tab without any clutter. Uh, you know, the new Safari six, if you want to see the source of a page, you're mucking around with web inspector. This better source thing is awesome. Uh, he says the only way to find it. And I, I agree with him. uh, Unfortunately is, uh, let me see. Did I find a better way to find? No, you have to go to extensions.apple.com and search for better source. Um, but, uh, it's 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 worth the search. I'm trying to think if I can find it. Oh no, we found it at awarepixel.com. Here you go. Uh, so you can, you can just go and, and, um, and get it there. We'll put the uh, link in the show show notes, of course, but what it lets you do is it lets you put two things, two little buttons in your toolbar. One of them is the raw source. And then one of them is the rendered source because you can have JavaScript affect the way, obviously, you know, it affects, affects the Dom. And, uh, and so you can, you can see either, you can see the rendered source or the raw source really handy for uh for those of us that like to muck about with with safari so i will put that in uh in the show notes so that's better and that's the thing that bugs me dave all right to our earlier point yeah so you go to safari you go into um safari preferences advanced show a develop menu in menu bar and then they will show you a an enticing choice called show page source but it lies yeah well it, it shows you the this source. silly but it brings up the silly web inspector is that what they call it i think web yeah. inspector interface but it's yeah. like no no i i told you to show me the source not this multi-level mess i i agree <laughs> I agree. Now, listen, the web inspectors, the web inspectors cool, but, but yeah, it, it's frustrating if you just want to say, look for the cookies, um, and, and, and mess with those because you're, you're totally, it's, it, or the, the old activity window, you know, in Safari to see what was happening. It's, it's, you know, it's, yeah, it pains me that they removed, move those because they had uses. I mean, the web inspector is certainly awesome for developers, for, Mm -hmm. for web content developers because this shows you the nitty gritty of the html that makes up the page but for people that are you know like casually just you know looking at the page source where can i get this please so here's here's (laughs) something cool though in in safari you can actually edit um in the web inspector right and and that starts to get to be pretty cool because you can start to edit the um 
the the CSS, right? And 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 you've always been able Shut to do up. this, even in Safari Five, right? So you can go and start mucking with the CSS, and it renders it live on the on the page, so you can change, you know, a font size or or lots of things, and uh, and so that part's really cool. What what is also cool if you have an iPhone or an iPad, uh, especially if you're developing on it, but even if you just want to muck around, go into settings, go to Safari, go to advanced and turn on the web inspector there, then connect your iPhone or iPad with a USB cable to your Mac and go into Safari on your iDevice and then go into the web inspector on Safari on your Mac and you will see a full blown web inspector for the pages that appear on your iDevice. And the same thing works. You can start mucking with the CSS and have it render live on your iOS device. So no way. Yeah, it's cool. Right. But, but again, if you just want to look at the source, it's a pain in the neck, but that's what better source is for. And that's what we're here for. So, you know, we try to, we try to cater to all, all kinds. All right. Let's see. I think Kevin, <laughs> Kevin had a quick one too. We got one or two more quick ones. Uh, he says, uh, uh, if you wanted to check out checker plus, uh, for Google's, uh, calendar, the, the site is at jasonsavard.com. He says, uh, since Gmail's web interface keeps getting better and better with the ability to have multiple accounts open at once in a browser and Chrome's extension called checker plus, uh, is able to notify you for multiple accounts uh, for mail. So you can have multiple accounts set up in Chrome and Checker Plus will uh, will allow you to see all of these right there and, uh, and and get notifications for them. So it's good stuff. Checker Plus for Gmail, Checker Plus for Google Calendar. All right there at jasonsavard.com. So that's good. One more, John. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, let's see. Let me, let me look and make sure. I think this one from Mark is going to be a quick one. Yeah. Mark says uh, regarding, uh, let's see the section uh, on disc failure. Oh, we were talking about disc failures uh, in mm-hmm. Mac Geek 426. He says, I happened upon this tool. Uh, well, called disk failure while trying to cure a mouse problem in Lion. Uh, he says, apparently this app called disk failure will warn you via growl uh, of problems and uh, also uses iCloud for storing logs uh, in case something happens to your disk. You've actually got this stuff out there. It's at vladalexa.com. And we will, of course, put that in the show notes. It's a, uh, it's, you know, it's monitoring your drives with smart and all that. And it uses growl. Uh, and the nice part about growl is you can use things. You can link growl with something like Boxcar, and get push uh-huh. notifications on your iOS devices. So that, you know, that, that, um, I actually do use growl not Indeed. now. So really? Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's I, evolved. I, well, it evolved and, uh, and it um, and I if you shut it up, I, I think what you uh, have to do. I was thinking the issue with you and many is like any notification utility, you got to shut it up when you don't want to hear from it. And if it gives you the ability to do that, that's awesome. 
Yeah, that that's the issue is by default. It was just giving me way too much information. It was like, here's an like, email. Here's a chat. Here's the email. Here's yeah. this. Here's that. Here's, right. <laughs> there's all because it's probably, you know, you and I are busy people and that there's probably always something happening on the network that somebody may think you want to know about. Like you got an email. Well, right. you got another one. You got another one. Oh, drive mounting, drive mounting. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's too much. It's too much. So <sighs> the only thing I add to that is that I also like smart reporter. Oh That's yeah. Certainly another utility to check out because it, um, I believe it's pay right now, but I think it's worth it, but it's, you know, it's, it's not expensive. Um, and it also draws on the smart status and does some other, uh, interesting things, uh, in the background. But yeah, uh, any of these, uh, actually anything that monitors smart, I would say is probably something you want to have in your, uh, well, you know, I'm thinking Dave, even the OS, I think the OS, what do you know about this? Will Mac OS 10 alert you if the smart status is not ideal? I've never seen no. an error. No, it'll it'll show you the smart status as as you know, but I'll make sure our listeners know in activity monitor. But uh, sorry, not activity monitor in disk utility. But that is a or system info, right? Oh, uh, maybe. I don't know. I've never or whatever you want to call there. it. I believe if you okay. dig in there, I think it it gives you the same screen. Is that okay. it shows you drive info and says, oh, by the way, here's the smart status, and it says everything's great. Yeah, I don't think the OS proactively alerts you, which I think is why we have these utilities. Yeah, it'd be nice if it did, but I, I've I've never seen it do that, which is probably a good thing. I'm looking in. I'm looking in. Um, well, certainly in system information, I don't see anything about the smart status. It might be in. Well, is it deeper here? Serial ATA. Yeah, you can get the smart status there. So you can get it in, in, yeah, in system info. Yeah, that's right. All right. Well, yeah, it would be good if it, if it monitored that. And maybe it will someday. Or maybe it is. In, oh, the poor wet. Band. Are they wet? No, I didn't here. make them go into the basement. <laughs> yeah. Oh, with the leak. Oh, man. I gotta deal with that tomorrow. Hey, in the neck. First day back from vacation, and it's, it's gonna be cold in my office, like butt cold. Mm. Uh, well, you could work in the house with wireless technology or something. Or yeah, do you need I, your space. I I can, and but it's it. I, I am, mean, what makes it different? I mean, it, it's a different physical space, but is it lacking something that that? Yeah, I mean, you know, I have. Do you need to separate from from the the, the family unit to to do the work thing? Or no, no, it, it would wondering. be fine because uh, Lisa works on Mondays too, so that that's not a problem. And obviously, the kids will be at school tomorrow. But no, it's just you know, I have my iMac in the in the office, and I've got my stuff there. Right, and I'm I'm at you know maybe seventy uh, percent effectiveness at working from the house as opposed to working in the office. Yep. So. And MLV says here uh, VNC from your warm living room. Yeah, I, I and th- I, I think I can, I can, advice. I can VNC in, um, which is screen sharing for for those of you that uh, don't know that lingo. But um, but yeah, but it's again, it's you know, it's about seventy percent. So. I, I will probably come over here to the office and work in the morning, and hopefully Bruce, my uh, my plumber, will uh, 
we'll be here by midday and we'll have this thing sorted out and we'll have things cooking. So, all right. Who really needs that valve? Just, you know, get a saw. Well, that's the thing. See, I I really torch and, uh, you know, go at it. I don't need that valve. And in fact, I am I am going to uh, we may leave the valve in, but I'm going to put a a shut off on the other side of the, the, the regulator valve because because I don't have a water feed here. There is no reason to have that valve as the the, you know, the weak link in the chain here. I, if I had a shutoff, I would just feed water into the system until the the uh, the pressure gauge read what I wanted it to read. And then I'd close the system and I'm done. I don't have this yeah. still, silly valve in the way. So, yep. So. And next we're going to go to the plumbing geek app. That's right. Suggested by someone in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, watch out for plumber butt. That's right. Say no to crack. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's see. <laughs> we want to tell you how to get in touch with us. So feedback at oh. MacGeekGab.com is... And Dave, I am 99.997% that you said feedback at MacGeekGab.com. That's right. Feedback at MacGeekGab.com, my friend. Unless... You are a premium supporter of MacGeekab, and then you can email us at premium at MacGeekab.com. You can send in, uh, of course, text via email there. You can send in audio comments via email. You can send in screenshots, and all of the above are great. In fact, if you have the MacGeekab app, not only can you listen to the live stream, but uh, you can send us audio comments right from within the app. It's actually pretty cool. So, check it out. Uh, you can call Where us. Where else? Oh. 206-666-GEEK, which John is? 4335. But in addition to that, there's the Twitters. <laughs> I am John Affron. He is Dave Hamilton, Pilot Pete, who is piloting somewhere, no doubt. No He's doubt. Pilot Pete. The podcast is MacGeekab. And the publication, or whatever you want to call it, <laughs> Mac Observer. Check them all out on Twitter. You can see us on Facebook, too, facebook.com slash MacGeekab. For those of you that are uh, following us along in the stream, that is a great place to follow us because we post the uh, times. I believe next Sunday we're back at our, the new normal, which is 5 p.m. or 5.30 p.m. Eastern. But uh, but um, I believe that's. And we'll be able to take a nap. Yeah, but we don't like to do the show this late. We had to do it this late, obviously, because I didn't get home till seven o'clock. Because you were on the road. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you couldn't do remote podcast mode. Well, not in the car. Maybe someday. Not while driving. Certainly not. No. Well, I could do it while driving. It would be no different than having a... uh, As long as somebody else was recording and I didn't need to look at a screen, but it would be just like having a conversation. Mm. I remember Adam Curry, actually, um, he did a daily source code from his car, but he also did one from his airplane, which was really cool. I liked that. That was awesome. From his Cessna. I think it was a Cessna 172. Really? Yeah. I like the guy who had the bus. Who was that? Oh, well, that was just, that was Dusty Wright. He had a, he had the Gibsons bus for a night. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. At, at one of the old podcast expos. That's right. Yeah. I All remember right. most of that. 
Mm. All right. Um, let's see. Da, 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 da. Yeah, we did that. Okay. Macworld wanna... Expo. Dave, what would uh, anything? Well, I guess we have nothing to talk about except maybe Cirque du Mac. Uh, which is on do, Friday. With right? Cirque du Mac will be Friday, February 1st. That's right. Um, I am giving a session, I believe, also on Friday, February 1st at, I believe, at 2 p.m. It's going to be my home networking session at Macworld Expo. And uh, so we'll do that. Nice. It's possible we'll be doing a Mac Geekab while we're there. We've got to figure that out. Uh, mm-hmm. I, it, it's only worth it to me to do it there uh, if we can do it from the show floor, it, it was crazy doing it up in the uh, for the for the it, people. Yeah, it was great. I, you know, up in the room was fine, but it was very insular and and sort of you know it was too much inside baseball. I, I like the show floor. If we're gonna do it, I want to do it on the show floor where we've got the energy, energy of the show exactly. 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 Well, All right. Hopefully that point will come across. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but if not, we'll do one from there. It'll just be from the hotel room, I think. So, but anyway, um, we uh, the we want to thank Michael Johnston from the We Have Communicators podcast for converting this and all of our shows into AAC enhanced. Of course, CashFly.com provides all of the bandwidth. Uh, to get the show from us to you. The podcast Marketplace includes BB Edit from Barebone Software, which just came out with an update this week. Of course, Disc Label from Smile and, uh, and Gazelle uh, to sell all your old electronics. I think that's it. There was more stuff I wanted to talk about, but we'll just have to do that next week. So between now and then, have a great week. And don't get caught. Made up.